You ready? Let's do it. Watch this, guys. You're going to like this. A little bit of handshaking. Hudson kisses for LeBron as he steps back on the court that was home for his first seven NBA seasons. And this is Alonzo G. At Dwyer High School in Palm Beach Gardens. Oh, my. He just dribble drive right past LeBron James. This run is monumental. 23 to 2 and 19 straight points without a Miami reply. This is the biggest deficit the Heat have had all through this winning streak. And would be the biggest comeback of the season if they're able to do it. Just keep chipping away. And you gain control of the momentum of the game. Take it away from them. Take it away from the crowd. And that's how it works. LeBron down the middle. Off to Allen for three. Kaboom, baby! First wow. points of the game for Ray Allen. It's a six-point lead for Cleveland. The Heat, the defending champs, are back in business. Three. Kaboom. LeBron pull up three. It's good. And Miami has tied the game at 77 with a 37 to 10 run. Yes, you have to have heart for a comeback like this. Oh my. Here's another one. Yes. Three triples in the fourth quarter for LeBron, and the Heat have an 80 to 79 lead. Amazing. The Heat on a 40 to 12 run. Allen straightaway triple. Yes. Oh baby. Miami. They think that man wants to win? With three. Rises up for three. Missed it. Ball game's over. The ball game's over. The winning streak survives. Win number 24 in a row. One of the most amazing comebacks in Heat history. Down by 27 in the third quarter, and they somehow managed to win the game. A little bit of hand shaking. All right, that's enough. That's enough of LeBron James. We're here for King Jesus, not for King James. Amen? All right, just want to make sure you all understood that. I wanted to show you that video because um, as we get into today's word, uh, they came from a 27-point deficit. They 27 points back. They come back, make a comeback, and they win that game. And um, he says, you got to have a heart. you got to have a heart to make a comeback like that, he says. And, and I started to think about our church. I said, I wonder if New Life has the heart to make a comeback like that. Like, is there a heart in your life that's pumping, saying, there's a comeback in me, you know? We know that it's obvious. It's in the heat. But I wonder if there's a, it's in a greater power than the church of Jesus Christ. The heat are a basketball team. We are the bride of the living God. Amen. All right? All right? All right? And, and there should be a heart in us that is ready for a comeback. I mean, this was amazing. At the end, he said something awesome, and, and I forgot what it was. You guys started clapping, so, so don't worry about it. I forgot what I was going to mention. But at least we got the heart of the... The heart of a comeback. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, and we're going to answer this question, why a comeback? And we ask that, Lord, that we would realize that you've called us for more. There's, a potential, there's potential in our lives, and you've called us to represent you. And, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that we would not waver, that we would not be on the fence, that we would not have part of our lives one place, part of another, that we would live and serve the true and living God. If there's someone here that is in need of a comeback. Lord, I know they have the heart. I pray that you bring them. 
back to that place. We love you. Be glorified in your word. Together as a church, we say amen. amen. So I'm in a meeting in the back before we start a church with my brother. And as we're in a meeting, I pop in a halls in my mouth, right, to get the throat kicking for today's service. And as I pop in a halls, I don't know if you guys are familiar with halls. Halls like to give you a little more motivational speaks now. Uh, they like to motivate you. So I, I opened up my halls wrapper and I said, well, what, halls has, what does halls have to say to me? So I looked at it, and the first thing I read is this, and even Halls is preaching, the, preaching to me. It says a pep talk in every drop. I said, amen, I need a pep talk. But then it goes down, and look at some of the things it says. It says, buckle down and push forth. Get back in the game. And then it ends off with saying, you survive tougher. Hey, Halls is even telling us that there's a comeback in us. Amen? And, and I read that, and I said, man, that's good preaching, Halls. I don't know if the founder or if the president and CEO right now is a, a believer, but, but definitely how many of you here have survived tougher than what you're going through right now, amen? How many of you here understand that God is calling us, get back in the game, and you've had moments where you've left the game and God has called you back with full strength, amen? And, and then how many of you here that you've felt before that Lord has just told you, hey, buckle down and keep going forward, keep going forward. Remember, yes, remember last week? Hey, the seas are opening. Keep going forward. God is good, man. Let's get into the word of God. Part four of the comeback. Why a comeback? Well, I'm going to tell you why a comeback. Here's the title. You can write this down. The reason for a comeback is to keep the streak going. The Miami Heat came back twice, once against the Celtics last week, and then once against the Cleveland. They're so scrubby. I forgot their, last, their, their name. Sorry about that. The Cleveland Cavaliers. And two times they came back. And you can look at that and say, watch this. Pastor, what's the big deal? They came back, they win a game. They don't come back, they lose a game. There's so many games in a basketball season. Does it really matter if they lose just one game? And I'm going to look at you as a Heat fan right in the eyes, and I'm going to say, absolutely it matters if they lose one game. Let me tell you why it matters. They're on a streak. They're on a streak right now to break a record. And the record, I believe it's what? 33 games from the Los Angeles Lakers. And if you know anything about your pastor, there's one record that I would like to beat. And it's one that is held by the Los Angeles Lakers. How many of you can say that's good preaching right there? All right. I figured, man, when I was preparing my notes, I was like, that's good preaching. But, but I started to think about that. I said, if they lose a game, they lose the streak. And I started to think about the church, and I said, the church has been a streak since the day it's been created. Since the day it was established, it's been on a streak. And you might think, well, the church has lost in several occasions. No, it hasn't. It's gone through some times and some quarters that they've lost some points and they've fallen behind in the game. But if you really study the history of the church, the history of the church has always been tried to be defeated. Something like that makes sense. Somewhere in that sentence it made sense. But it's always been attacked. Satan and other religions have always tried to defeat it. But if you really study church history, you will realize that there is one that is undefeated. There is one that has not lost and that the streak is going. And we here in New Life are not going to lose now so that we mess up this streak for the church of God. I'm going to tell you today why we need a comeback because we need to keep the streak going. We're undefeated. We are the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Is that good? Is that okay? Do you agree with that? 
Like, is that biblical? Because, because people have tried to destroy the church of God. People have tried to destroy the name of Jesus. People have tried to destroy anything that has God. You could take them out of the courthouses, and you could take prayer out of schools, and, and you could say that we are now a nation of many religions. But I'm going to tell you something, that as long as that there are one or a couple together in the name of Jesus, we are still the people of God. We have not gone anywhere, and we will keep going forward until the Lord comes back for us. Hey, hey, Jesus is coming back for the church, man. We got to keep the street going. We got to keep the street going. So, so why a comeback? Well, why a comeback? We got to keep the street going. My first point is this. There's a reason for a comeback, and, and I'm going to tell you why you need to make a comeback. Point number one is this, because, and I'm going to fly through this. I'm going to try. I'm going to try not to go an hour today. Please, God, give me strength not to go an hour, but watch this. Number one, there's more in you. That's why you need a comeback. There's more in you. Everyone look at someone, just one person, because it gets carried away then. Then you start talking, hey, what are we going to eat for lunch? And that's not what I want you to do. One person, look at them right in the eyes and say, there's more in you. All right, thank you for 30 of you participating. I, I told you, there, there you go. I'm going to cook a steak today. Don't worry. You're gonna, all right, over here, over here. There's more in you. What do I mean by this? That God has created you for more. Listen, you were created for more. That's my first point. All I want to do right now, I don't want to get too deep into this point, but I just want to... I want to summarize the last three weeks. Week number one of the comeback, we talked about Luke chapter 15. Remember that? We talked about the prodigal son, the lost son. You guys remember that? In the lost son, we talked about this son who had it all. He was in his father's house. Huh? And then what did he do? He asked for all his money. He went back and he spent it on a far country on wasteful living. I look at that and I say, point number one, under there's more in you. I wrote this down. You are more than a failure that has just happened. You are more than a failure as the son that wasted all his money on wasteful living. You're more than taking residence like we talked about that day in a pig's pen eating from pig's food. You guys remember what I said? Daddy's home and daddy's preparing a what? A cow. Or what kind of cow? A holy cow. A fat cow. Yeah, fat cow. Fat cow. That's good. In this context, that cow's good, okay? Other than that, don't say that word. But watch this. A holy cow. Plump is a better word, cow. We're not. We're more than that. We're more than that. How many of you have ever felt in your life, like week number one, that you've, there's been areas in your life where you have just wasted minutes, you've wasted days, you've wasted years? Anyone here? I have. I truly have. And God is like screaming from the heavens, say, yeah, but it's not over. There's more. Just like the prodigal son. How many of you could say amen to that? Then, then, then we went to part two of our comeback series, and we jumped into another story. And we talked about Genesis chapter 3, the original sin, the fall of man, if you remember that. And I want to remind you today that you are more than a person that is just to feel ashamed because of a sin that you've committed. Because of wrong that you've done. Because of past that you have. Because of history that has been written about you. Huh? Anyone here have some past that if they come back, man, they smell? Anyone here? That one you don't want to raise your hand like, I don't want to tell people, Pastor, chill. But I do. I do. I've been, how can I keep this clean? I've been harsh to some people. I've taken advantage of some people. 
Yeah, I have done evil towards God, towards family, towards others. We talked about Adam and Eve on week two. I don't know if you guys remember that. And I tell you today that there's more in you than to feel ashamed and to feel condemned for the sin that you've committed. And we talked about that. Hey, you've ever committed a sin that you just feel like you can't get over it? Anyone here? I tell you today, there's more in you than that sin. Why? What? Because that sin doesn't have power over the blood of Christ. It's all over the Bible. Then we jumped into part three of our series. I believe part three was last week, right? Yeah, this is part four. Three is before four. We're good. Part three of our series, we talked about Exodus chapter 14. We talked about Moses and the children of Israel. How many of you remember that one? In part three, as we talked about Moses and the children of Israel, I want to just remind you that there's more in you and there's more to you than a person or a people that stand, listen, or settle in the middle. Hey, you've ever seen yourself just set? We're going to talk about this later on. Just settling in the middle? Eh, eh. God has me here. We say spiritual words sometimes. You know, God's calling you over here, but this stuff over here looks kind of enticing, and you're kind of in the middle, and everyone says this nice, awesome religion phrase. Ready? God just has me here for this moment. He's going to use me here in this valley. And we're all looking at you like, you, we all know your line because God doesn't have you there for this moment. Anyone there? Okay. Am I the only one that's been there? I'm preaching to a mirror. Next Sunday, I'm going to bring a mi- big mirror, and I'm just going to roll it right through here so I can just preach to myself. But I've been there. I've been there where I know I'm called over here, but this is attacking me over here. And I'm just like, well, and I'm like, I, I like in the summers, I like to go spearfishing. And I, and I see these buoys in the middle of the ocean. Have you ever seen them? When I look at buoys, I think of dummies. Like, dum, dum. Why? Because I just think of a buoy of doing this in the water. And, and, and that's me a lot of times in my life. I'm like a buoy being tossed by the what? Huh? By the waves. And I'm just like, hey, guys, I'm just here for the moment, just riding this wave. And God's like, no. No, I didn't call you to clamp down. I called you, those who are of the Spirit, go as the Spirit, come on, man. Go as where the Spirit blows. I didn't call you to anchor down to the ground. I called you to go where the Spirit blows. Have you ever felt there like the children of Israel? Moses, why'd you bring us here? We're going to die. Huh? We talked about that in week number three, setbacks. Setbacks. One side, you have your enemy closing in on you. On the other side, you have the impossible, the sea, the Red Sea facing you. And I tell you today, you're here not to live trapped, not to have setbacks that destroy you because setbacks are never meant to destroy you, but instead to move you forward to God's call, to the destiny that God has for you, huh? Talked about that. So today I tell you that there's more in you. I just want to remind you about that. There is more. God has more. And you need to believe that for yourself. Hey, you're in a relationship that they're taking advantage of you. Seriously, God has that relationship for you. And let me just not even talk about relationships. Let's jump back into this. Ready? Number two, second point I want to talk to you about today is this. Why a comeback? Why a comeback? Well, we know we need a comeback because we got to keep the streak going. And to keep the streak going, LeBron James in that game, Dwayne Wade in that game, you even saw Ray Allen woke up in that game and came back from the Cleveland from 27 points down. Why? Because there was heart in them. I need you to listen, church. There was more in them, okay? And they knew that because there was more in them, they were now able to come back. And I look at us as believers and I say, Well, the Bible says, if I'm not mistaken, anyone correct me if I'm quoting wrong, but Scripture says that greater is he who's in me than he who's in this world. 
world. So if someone in the world can come back from drug addictions and sexual addictions and all these other addictions and all these other strongholds, I'm telling you today that the church of God, which the Bible says that greater is he who's in the church than he who's outside, I tell you today that there is something greater in you. You could come back. You could give God some praise. That's good. It's not me. It's God. Why a comeback? Keep the streak going. There's more in you, church. Can you say that back to me? There's more in me. There's more in me. I want you to believe that for yourself. Repetition brings memory. There's more in me. More. Number two, if you're taking notes, ready? Why a comeback? I like this one. I like this one. Ready? To live out your full potential. What do you think the key word there is? Oh, you guys are so awesome, man. I thought you were going to say potential. Full. Because what good is it to live to your potential if it's not your yeah. full potential? I, I was meeting with some of the leaders of our church today. You know what I told them? I took them to Psalm, I think it's 8410. And I said, do you know what Psalm 8410 says? Can I share it with the church? Say, yeah, I want to make sure. Okay, good. I want to make sure you guys let me. But Psalms 84, 10 says this. This is just straight up from the head. It says, it says something like this. It says, I forgot what it says. <laughs> All right. There you go. That's not the words I was talking about. All right, whatever. I'll, I'll tell you what it says. It wasn't Psalms 84, 10. I shared a scripture with them. And it, oh, there it is. Romans what? That's what it was. It was Romans. It wasn't Psalms. Jenny, man. Jenny, we're gonna, Jenny, if you do this, I'm giving you two stars today. 12.13. Try that up, Louis. Romans 12.13. And I said this. How many of you would like to come to a church? I told the leaders this. And you come to serve. Just, just ignore that screen. That thing is possessed today. I need you up here. And I said, how would you like to go to a church? You sit down in the church. You hear the pastor preach. And the pastor preaches. And he only speaks and shares with 50% of what he has. And you're sitting down like, oh, man. I came to church, pastor. And I wanted you to preach 100% of the gospel. I wanted you to preach 100% of what God put in your heart. And I said, nah. You know, I woke up today in the morning. And I wasn't in the mood. I'm really tired of Fonzie. He's really hurting my heart already. And I said, so today I'm going to come up. And I'm going to preach at 40%. Because really, I don't feel like preaching at 100%. So I took him to a scripture. And look at the scripture that I took him to. The Bible says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. In one translation, it breaks it down even more. And it says, to the point where it says, make sure that you do that you try, and if you guys remember what I said in the room, I said, you're best. I go, because God didn't come over here and tell us to come to church and come and try at 50%. Or come and try at 30%. Or watch this. Or come and try at 99%. Oh, that's good enough, Pastor. No. When God has called us to the ministry, and when God has called us to serve him, and when God has called us to love someone, and when God has called us to love him, he tells us this. You do it to your best. You don't do it to your 50% or to your 75%, but you serve me to the best that you can. How many of you could say amen to that? And as we look at scripture, and I look at point number two, to live out to the full potential, I tell you today 
that I don't want to pastor a church. And I don't want to be a Christian that lives to his potential. I want to be an individual that functions under his full potential. You know what I'm trying to say? I don't want you to be like, hey, Pastor Rigo, you did so well. And I know that you feel I did well walking out of here when I know I was at 75%. I want that when God pats my shoulder and says, welcome, good and faithful servant. That he knows that everything about me, I left it on the altar. I left it on the table. There was nothing else to give. I was 100% in. And that's it. There was no looking back like Lot's wife. And there was no hand to the plow looking back. Because I wanted to be fit for the kingdom of God like Matthew says. Hey, listen. I want to live not just to potential. But I want to live to full potential. Hey, listen. I don't want to just be good at what I do. I want to be the best in what I do. Is anyone here feeling that? You see, I don't want to just lose by 27. I want to win by 27. Hey, hey, I want the best for me. And I know where to find the best for me. It's not in infomercials. It's not in man. It's not in woman. It's in God. It's in Jesus. And listen, church, there is more in you, number two, to live out your full potential. What is potential? Check this out if you're taking notes. Potential is capable of being or becoming. Huh? That is the possibility. You have, that? you have that in you? Is there a possibility in you? Do you have the potential? Are you capable of becoming what God has called you to become? I, I want to share something with you because I saw my early Christian life doing this. I used to go to a church. I got involved in ministry. At 20 years old, I became the youth pastor, having no idea what I was doing. But guess what I started to do at 20 years old? The ministry began to grow from outsiders looking in. It looked like a successful ministry because people judge things by numbers. We all know that, right? And something happened to me was where I started to live my life as a minister for the approval of others. Well, what does my pastor think of me? Well, what does my pastor say about how I just preached? That's so stupid. That is so stupid. I was young, prideful. Ignorant, stupid. Well, did everyone see what happened in that youth service? How stupid and how smelly and how nasty can a person be, right? Right? Can I be transparent? And I started to live a life, point number two, that I wanted the approval of others. I don't know if it's because I lacked self-esteem. I don't know if it was wasn't even sure of myself, but I know that I need the approval of others. And I started to realize that living for the approval of others, if you find yourself doing this, check this out, you will find yourself constantly living out your life to the potentials, potential that others have set for you rather than the one that God has for you. I promise you. I promise you that. Man, take that to the bank. Take that. I shared my story with you. I was an ESC student my whole life. They weren't sure if I had LD or if I was just ADHD. They weren't sure what I was. Does he have a learning disability or is he just too hyper to understand anything? I think I was too hyper to understand anything. And they were trying to label things at me. But you know what that started to do? Can I tell you? It's called self-fulfilling prophecy. I began to believe it. What? I was an LD. And if you are, that's cool. God uses you. God uses me. Trust me. And I was probably ADDHD, but then I got stuck in these classes, ESC. And you know what happened to me? I started to act like it. I started to feel like it. 
I started to dress like it. I became one of them. I became baggy clothes, and I became beeswax hair. And I started to walk with a limp because now I'm with the ghetto boys in my class, so I can't be like the way I was before I entered the class. They're going to beat me up, boy. And what I started to realize, watch this, because I started to live for others' approval, I began to live out the potential that they set for me. So if they said, this is what you are, I began to live the way they said I was. And I stopped looking at who God said I already was. And I'm going to tell the church something right now. No man, no church, no pastor, no wife, no husband, no being on earth should ever tell you what your potential is. What you're capable of, what you are able to become. Because the only individual that is able and that has the authority to do that in your life, I need you to catch this, is Jesus Christ. Is the word of God. So I tell you today there's a comeback in you. You got to keep the streak going for the church. And I'm telling you that point number one, there's more in you. But I'm telling you also point number two, there is potential in your life that God has written out for you that you don't even have an idea. You haven't even put your tongue to taste it yet. There's potential for the church, man. Don't fall. (laughs) That would have been bad and funny all at the same time, good and bad. Watch this. God knows what we're truly capable of. Hey, can repetition brings what? Good. Ready? Say this. Ready? God knows what I am capable of. I need you to know that. I'll be here for hours if I go over every story, but watch this. Moses, perfect example. Hey, church, say this with me. God knew. Gideon, God knew. David, Ruth, Jacob, Paul, Peter, Mary, us. God knows it. I'm telling you today that God and only God knows the potential. I'm going to break down three things to you. Here it is. We're going to get into scripture. Open up your Bibles. Y'all are like, good. I was about to never visit this church. We're going to get into the word. Go to Proverbs chapter 4 with me. Proverbs chapter 4. And here we go. As we jump into Proverbs 4, I'm going to give you three points under your potential. Under these three points, watch this. This is how I want you to see this. Ready? You might be asking yourself, well, how can I live out to my full potential? If you're taking notes, you can write that. How do I live out to my full potential? I'm going to give you three words. If you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, I need you to just focus. What do I have in here? In those three words. Number one, learn. Number two, accept. And then number three, it's obey. Okay, ready? Number one. Number two. Good. Number three. Man, you guys are awesome. So learn, accept, and obey. Here we go. Point number one. How do I live out God's full potential? Is everyone in Proverbs 4? We're there? Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. Ready? Look what it says here. This is a father speaking to his child. And I read this over the, over the week. And I said, how is this so similar to God speaking to his children? Parallels it perfectly. So watch this. Awesome wisdom of the king during, obviously you're going to see his wisdom here. So watch this as he writes this on paper. Hear my children the instruction of a father. Give attention to no understanding. Verse 2, for I give you good doctrine, good teachings. Do not forsake my law. Want me to translate that for you? Do not forsake and do not turn away from my teachings. 
When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. Watch what he says in verse 4. He also taught me, and he said to me, I love this, let your heart retain my words. That's a good scripture right there. Retain my words. Look what else the father tells the son. Look what else. He says, keep my commands and what, church? And live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Now he's screaming to his son. You see that? Is it explanation points? Yeah. Get wisdom. Get understanding. And then look what he says next. Do not forsake, comma, nor what? Turn away from the words of my what? Wow. Mouth. Guys, I want to look at Proverbs chapter 4 for a little bit. Awesome scripture for today. The reason why I want to look at Proverbs chapter 4 is because point number one, let's see if anyone remembers it. Point number one is what? Learn. How do I live out to my full potential? Write this down. Number one, learn. What do you got to learn? Write this next to learn. Ready? Number one, learn God's word. I need you to write that. I want to live to my full potential, Pastor Rico. I see what you're saying today. What I'm going to tell you, do you really? The only way that you're going to be able to live to your full potential, church, is if point number one, you learn God's word. Let me explain something to you. If you do not learn God's word, you won't start doing God's word. Are you guys with me? I can't just say, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pick up, I don't know, give me a sort of sport. Huh? Soccer. I'm going to pick up soccer playing. Okay? And I'm going to go and I'm going to buy my nice $150 soccer cleats. I heard they're expensive. And I'm going to buy the shin guards and the high, nice, shiny soccer socks. And I'm going to buy me a pair of Umbros or Adidas shorts. And they're going to be make sure they're nice and small because that's how soccer players wear them with the nice biker pants under them. And then I'm going to wear my Adidas shirt. If I can find an Umbro shirt still, I'll wear the Umbro shirt. You guys feel me? I'll put a mohawk. You've seen those people in these European nations. They have these cool haircuts. I'll make a cool haircut. And I'll go to the field across my house. There's a nice field with fake turf and lights at night. And everyone's like, this guy knows how to play. And I'll walk in and I'll say, la pelota. I'm sorry, that was very, there could be English speakers. Throw me the ball. Sorry about that. Kick me the ball. If, I told you I'm not ready for soccer. And I'll come and I'll start playing soccer. And just the first little kick, everyone's going to look at me and start laughing because they're going to realize that nothing in me knows about soccer. <laughs> Listen, I can't take up something that I have not first learned. So relate that to me, Pastor. We come to church. We leave church. But don't ever ask me to open up that word of God. I'm going to tell you today that you probably struggle with learning God's word today, don't you? If that's you. If you're someone that the only time that you open the word of God is when Pastor says, open up to Proverbs chapter 4. The biggest struggle in your life amongst other struggles is, I just, it's so hard for me to understand the Bible. And then a believer is going to say, because it first needs to be opened to understand it. So, so the first point that I want to mention is in Proverbs, we're going to look at this. It's you need to learn God's word because you won't start doing it until you first learn it. Just like soccer. I got to learn the rules. I got to learn the penalties. I got to learn the tricks, okay? Listen, because learning his word, look at what we learn in verse chapter 4, 1 through 5. What does it do? It gives us wisdom that we need to live this life. 
Learning his word gives us discernment. What do I do now? Hey, my wife has made so many decisions since she's been pregnant. Or she's come up with so many things. I've had to put on, in the last month, my discernment hat. You guys know what I'm talking about? Huh? What do we need in the house and what do we not need? And what does she need as a pregnant woman and a mom to be and a father to be and a child to become? And, and all these, well, no, we believe that the child already is. Let me fix that, okay? We believe in that stuff here. I'm going to go back and fix that before I get an email or a phone call. I believe that the child became right there in inception when it just took place. Now watch this, conception. Hi, love. Welcome. Welcome to the service. I'm going to go back into this. I'm not going to talk about the story I just mentioned, but I have to put my discernment hat on. Amen? And um, what does the word of God do? Point number one. It makes us and it helps us as we learn God's word to make the right judgments. How many of you, because you know God's word, that has helped you to make the right judgments? It helps us to understand true understanding. It comes here from learning his word. And we see it here in Proverbs 4. Do not forsake it. Wisdom and understanding is in this book right here from the Father. So number one, learn God's word. Ready? Put number two, if you're taking notes, write this down. Accept God's word. What good is learning God's word, but yet you don't accept God's word? It's not going to get you too far. I wrote this down. The word has full authority in our lives. I need you to catch this. And because the word has full authority in our lives, listen, we need to accept what the word says as final authority in our lives. I teach high school as well, and questions come up all the time. Well, do we really have to wait to get married to have sex? Isn't weed, marijuana from, you know, high school questions, from God because God put the plant on the earth? Awesome questions. They're good, man. They're good. I asked those questions when I was in high school. Okay? They asked those kind of questions. But watch this. Point number two, accept God's word. Because if Scripture tells me a certain thing about sex, a certain thing about my life, a certain thing about what to do, a certain thing of how to live. Do you know what that means? You know what that means? It's final. It's authority. It's like a, it's like a speed limit. Hey, the authority that you've been given to drive down the street is 50 miles, 55 miles per hour. So as you get in your car, you have all authority, listen, to drive. You do. But you got to stay in the restrictions that have been given to you. What are my restrictions? I, have, I could do whatever I want. No one could tell me what to do. No, yes, you can. You see that little white sign right there? It says 55. That's your restriction. What happens here is this. You learn the laws because if not, you would have never gotten your license, huh? But now, after you learn the laws, you have another option. Am I going to accept it? Hey, do not raise your hand. But how many people have their license been taken away? Because they did not accept what they've learned, huh? Come on, you guys are with me? You guys see how the Bible makes sense? All right, there is your hands. All right, God bless you guys. <laughs> that was awesome. This is new life, but watch this. If you break 55 miles per hour, you might get lucky and might get away. That's true. But if you break 55 miles per hour with the authority that has been given to you, then there's always an authority that is greater than you. Listen now. And his lights come at your rear view window. And the first thing that happens, it's getting crazy today here. 
You start to panic. You start to sweat. And you start to realize, they caught me. Let me explain to you what really happened. You went over the authority that has been given to you. Come on. And because you went over the authority that has been given to you, the final authority had to land and put its place in your life and to show you that a citizen of this world does not behave in that way. Come on. And when we break the authority that God has given us, his final authority falls in a believer's life and says, Regal, because I've given you authority, you've taken advantage of the authority that I've given you, and you've gone over it. And because of that, the final authority brings judgment into your life and shows you where you've done wrong. So that way, you could be brought back into being right again. I promise you one thing. The last time that I cut a cop off was the last time that I cut a cop off. I didn't want and I paid $150 and I had a wife next to me that was screaming the whole way home. And I'm telling you today that every time I see a cop, I slow down and I move to the lane. Why? Because the final authority came knocking to my door and said enough is enough. You went over me once and now I come and lay judgment again. And I'm telling you today, it's the same thing with God. We learn God's word, but we don't just learn it. We accept it as authority over our lives. If not, when we see God face to face one day, it's going to be a scary day when our authority does not line up to his final authority. It's going to be a scary day. Point number two is we need to accept God's word as final authority. I want to come back. I want to keep the street going. Awesome, wonderful, and great. But it will never happen if you're not learning God's word. And number two, if you're not accepting it as authority in your life. If you're reading God's word and you're questioning it, which is good, if you question it to get answers. But if you're questioning it to be rebellious, I'm telling you today that nothing good coming out of it. You're not accepting it as authority. If God said it, so be it. If God said it, so it is. It's final authority. If it's no, it's no. If it's yes, it's yes. If it's straight, it's straight. If it's don't look back, it's don't look back. And I need to understand that I've been called with authority to find, to follow final authority. Church, there's a comeback in you. It's in you. Number one. Number two, to live out your full potential. Listen. But you got to listen to this word. You got to learn it. You got to accept it. Second Corinthians says this. Check this out. Here we have, well, before we get to Second Corinthians, what does Proverbs 4 teach us? In verses 1 through 5, he says, don't forsake it. And then he tells his son, hold fast to my words. Do not let your heart, listen, actually he says, let your heart retain it. You know what that means? Accept, accept, accept what I'm telling you. Hey, have you ever known what to do, but yet chosen not to do it, and then you felt convicted after you did it? That one we could show hands because we're not getting personal. Anyone here? I've done it many times. You felt conviction right after? You know what that's called? Final authority showing you you went over your authority. Proverbs 4, do not forsake my word. Proverbs 4, hold fast to my words. Proverbs 4 says, let your heart retain this. Accept it, man. Hey, check out 2 Corinthians. The Bible, Paul writes to the Corinthians. We're studying the word of God. Is that okay? 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says this. Examine yourselves. 
like that. I like that. Hey, I need to behave. I want you guys to come to Easter service or Resurrection Sunday, but watch this. Sorry. But check this out. Examine yourselves. So many times, let's just point at me, I've gotten better at examining others than examining myself. Anyone ever fall in that category like me? I'm real good at examining you, man. Yeah. And he stinks, and, and she stinks, and she and he drive me nuts, and, and they, uh, and them, and him, and her, and, and then God's like, examine yourself first. Look what he says. And as you examine yourself, you'll see whether you are in the faith. You know who Paul is writing here to? Not a bunch of sinners that are lost. You know who he's writing to? The church. How would you like to be part of the church and Paul is questioning your salvation? Hey, church, Corinthians, examine yourself. Why? Who does Pablo think he is? Le pasa Pablo? And Paul says... I need you to examine yourselves to see whether you're even in the faith. Some of you, I went to visit your church last weekend, and Paul's like, and I don't even know if many of you are even saved. Imagine that. Paul wasn't messing around. Paul was in your face all the time, baby. He says, whether you're in the faith. And then look what he says next. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourself? Like, are you in what? In what? What's a good word there? Are you in, are you in denial? Are you in denial that you're not of the faith? You need to understand what? Look at the question. Is Jesus Christ what? Is he even in you? In you? Is he in you? When you look at that Greek word for examine, I need you to listen here. It means this. I love this. It means to scrutinize. Scrutinize yourself. It is actually a word that signifies discipline. To prove, to try whether this thing is real. To see whether its quantity or its quality is legit. Test and examine, scrutinize how scary it is as point number two, as I try to accept God's word, and I mean I learned God's word, but yet point number two, how scary to not have an authority over my life. See, I don't want to see myself not having authority in my life because I know that if I don't have authority in my life, I would be a wreck causing havoc in me. And I'm going to ask the church this. Maybe there's a need to come back to accepting God's word as authority. How many of you could say, yeah, I'm going to do that? Let's jump to point number three. If not, we'll stay here forever. I'll keep preaching on this. Write this down in your notes. Obey. And then you need to obey God's word and then... I'm going to wrap it up soon after I make some points here. As you write down point number three, three, three obey God's word, I need you to write, look at these little subnotes. You can't just learn and accept God's word. Watch what, it, what I wrote next. You have to also do what it teaches. Because what good is learning it, quoting it, accepting it? This is authority over my life, but yet not putting it to be. Uh, one person says it this way. Listen to this. You don't get blessed for the parts of the Bible you know. You get blessed for the parts of the Bible you do. Isn't that awesome? I don't want to just know the Bible. Hey, I want to do the Bible. I want to do it. Proverbs chapter 4. Look at verse 10. 
Hear, my son, receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Hey, if you receive it, you hear it, many years are coming. I've taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. Pretty awesome. I don't want my steps to be hindered. Anyone here? Not me. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of the instruction. Do not let go of it. Watch what he says next. Keep her. She's your life. Keep her. She's your life. I'm not talking about your wife. Keep her too. She's your life too. Yes. <laughs> Husbands. But keep her. She's your life. The words of God. Do not enter into the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it. Everyone say avoid evil. Look at the person next to you. Avoid evil. That person's probably like, I am, but you sat next to me. All right, never mind. Go back over here. Over here. Turn away from it and pass on. Very important that we look at this. Let's, let's go. Let's keep reading some more scripture. Go to verse 20. Go to verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Are you hearing the Father? Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them, do not let these words depart from your eyes. What does that mean? Keep what? Keep what? Keep focus on them. Keep looking at them. For they are life always. Oh, sorry. Keep them in the midst. You know what that means? In the center of your heart. Because the Bible says that out of the, out of the abundance of the heart, the what? Come on. Keep them in the center of your heart. Are you guys with me? For they are life to those who find them, health to their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs out the issues of life. Put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips forth from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your feet from evil. Man, this is a good scripture. Point number three, we need to obey God's word. We need to obey it. I was yesterday, and, and we see why here in just all those scriptures. I mean, I don't have to preach off that. We saw it right there in scripture. Proverbs 4 says, this is why you need to obey. Do this right here. The father is telling the children. Yesterday, I'm driving to the homeless outreach. If you guys did not go, that's all I got to tell you. But watch this. Shame on you. We had a, such an amazing encounter with the homeless. You guys are missing out in serving the world. I love you anyways. Watch this. I'm driving with a brother from down south. And he's driving his car. And I figured it weird when I got in his car. His, it was me. My mom jumped in the car with us. His brother and him. It was four of us in a, like a Camry. But of, I forgot. I don't even know what year it is. I knew it was a fishy car. When I got to the side and his brother said, Hey, Pastor Rigo, um, can you come this way? And I said, okay, what happened? He's like, yeah, that door doesn't open. You have to kind of come through this door. I was like, oh, okay, cool. So, so I kind of went, I look inside the car, and I said, hey, um, is there air conditioning in the car? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's the one thing that works amazing. I said, oh, man, I'm going to go with you then, man. I'm going to go in the car. So I jump in. It was like 90 degrees yesterday afternoon. So I get, and I was going to say, let's all go in another car. And then, so I get in there, and we're driving, and we're driving. And now we're on the 836, so, you know, we're going at a nice speed now, you know. And I think we passed a cop or something. He's like, oh, wow, cop, cop. And they're like, oh, slow down, man. He's like, I I'm trying. So we all look at the sp his speedometer. And um, I notice everything's on zero. <laughs> and it's an older car, very old. I don't know what year it is. And we were all like, hey, um, um, 
How fast do you know when you're, how, how do you know how fast you're going, man? He's like, what he said was so amazing. I said, I'm using that in my preaching mom. He's driving. I'm in the back looking over his shoulder. Hey, how fast do you know you're going, man? And he looks at me, and these are his exact words. I drive according to my instincts. Right there, George. Right there, I went, yeah, I shouldn't have gotten in this car. <laughs> Mind you. Mind you, we're going from Metro Zoo, past Metro Zoo, to downtown Miami on instincts. <laughs> on instincts. But church... He had AC. He had AC. The rest, it's all instincts from here. So one day he's telling me a story. I got pulled over by a cop, man, last time. So I said, okay, what happened? He's like, why? Well, wanted to know how fast I was going. So I said, officer, how fast was I going? And he said, you were going 18 miles per hour. And he just said, and he looked at the officer. He says, oh, yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty fast. Sorry about that. You know, I started to think about that and I said, you know what happens with people that just go with instincts? They only get this far until they get caught. Because nowhere in scripture does the Bible say go according to your instincts. How many people have you counseled or counseled you and says, follow your heart? <laughs> Do you know that's not godly counsel? That is the, I'm not saying they're demonic or Satanist. They just lack wisdom in the word. I'm not saying that. But follow your heart is counsel of Satan. Because Satan says follow your heart because it's desperately what? Wicked and evil. Follow your heart. Hey, thanks for meeting with me today. I have to go. No more counsel from you. I've never in my life told an individual, follow your heart. I've always said this though. What does your heart say? Because by knowing what their heart says, I know where they're at spiritually. I'm going to tell you something. If you follow your instincts, it will get you so far until you get caught. Because your instincts are not final authority. Your heart is not final authority. God's word is final authority. Amen. Amen. And why do I need you to catch this? Because you can't just go driving down a speed zone of 75 miles per hour and chance it. This is probably the most important thing I'm going to give you. And say, I hope I get to point B, going by my instincts. You can't chance that in life. Going from one point to another point on instincts. And I'm telling you today, in your walk with God, you can't chance going from point A on point B with instincts and heart feelings without knowing the word of God without accepting the word of God, and number three, without obeying the word of God. Hey, there's no instincts in Christianity. There's learn, accept, obey. How many of you are blessed by saying thank you for those nuggets that I need in my life? I need to follow those nuggets in my life. I was sharing with my students, and it's been stirring in my heart. I have 
I thought, yeah, I have one that heard this message. I'm going to drive her nuts because she's already heard it, and I'm going to end. I think I've preached on Elijah before, and I was sharing this week with them about Elijah. But you know, that wouldn't leave my heart after I shared it with them. Elijah was in the point of, I don't know if I should throw her out there, but Israel was going through a time of national what? Good. National apostasy. Okay? Let me explain to you what apostasy means. Apostasy means a rejecting of your what? Good. Man, that's my student right there, boy. So proud of her. She's awesome. There are all three of them. Okay, watch this. Love them all. But watch this. An apostasy is turning away from or rejecting your faith. I, I need you to catch this. I, I don't want to preach on this because I want to end this. But there came to a moment where Elijah was tired of it. God was tired of it. Everyone was tired of it. Elijah was the last prophet of God because all of prophets of God have been killed by an evil queen by the name of Jezebel and by an evil king by the name of Ahab. Anyone ever heard this story? So God tells him, he says, go to Ahab. Long story short, the prophet Elijah goes to Ahab and says, Ahab, I want you to grab all the prophets of Baal. There's about 450 of them. And take them to Mount Carmel. And we're going to do a little battle there. And then he brings them. He says, but not only bring. I need you to catch this because I'm going to wrap this up in about five minutes. I promise you, I really am. And then he says this. As you bring the 450 prophets of Baal, I need you to do me a favor and bring all the children of Israel as well. Let me tell you why. Why, man? Leave Israel alone. There was a reason why Elijah wanted the children of Israel there. Come on, guys. I need you to catch this. I was sharing with them. Because the problem was not the evil of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel's heart. Listen. The problem was not the drought that was taking on place in 1 Kings chapter 18. That wasn't the problem. Listen. The problem wasn't man's evil. The problem wasn't the land's drought. Let me tell you what the problem was. There was a group of people that were elected by God to serve God. Listen. There was something in them that was more than what they even knew. Come on. There was a potential in them that they had no idea they even had. So Elijah was called to the forefront by God and said, bring the children of Israel because, watch this, they've created a national apostasy. What is that? They've created something in their heart that has caused them to turn away from their faith. Come on. That has caused them to reject the true and living God. Huh? Yes, as a matter of fact, the children of Israel who have grown custom and who is part of their faith and of their DNA, that they are to serve one God, the Bible says, and that is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, they have turned from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and they have turned to the God of Baal, and they have offered sacrifices to him. Come on. And they've offered worship to him. And God said, I've had enough with this. What is that called? Final authority falling down on man. Come on. And he says, okay, God, I'm going to go do this. So he goes out to Mount Carmel, and he tells the prophets of Baal, 
build yourself an altar. And I build myself an altar. And you call on the name of your God. By the way, his name is Baal, which is the fire God. And you're going to turn to answer according to what his characteristic is, which is fire. And the true and living God will be the one that answers with fire. And the one who does not answer is a false God and will be destroyed, right? So they set up their altars. And here comes the prophet of Baal. And they're standing on the altar. And they're crying out to God, Oh, Baal! Oh, Baal! Fall on this bull that I've sacrificed to you. Fall fire on this bull. And hours went by. Nothing happened. And hours went by. And nothing happened. And Elijah had enough. And he stands up in the forefront and he says, hey prophets of Baal, maybe your God is sleeping and taking a nap. Maybe your God has gone on a long journey. Maybe your God is in the bathroom taking care of his necessities. And he says this, he says, but do me a favor and come to my altar. The Bible says that the children of Israel and everyone followed Elijah to Mount Carmel in his altar. And he put the bull there and he says, fill it up with water. Oh, I'm not done. Fill it up a second time. I'm still not done. Fill it up a third time. You and I are smart enough. We're not too smart, but we're smart enough to know that if you ever want to put anything on fire, you never soak it up in water. That is the dumbest thing that any human could ever do. Huh? So, so he fills this thing up with water, and as he's filling up with water, he says, it's my turn. And what he does next is amazing. And I don't want to mess it up. I'm going to read it to you. Watch what happens next. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Elijah, in verse 21, he looks at the people of God. Everyone say the people of God. And he says this to the people of God. How long will you falter between two opinions? If the Lord is God, you follow him. But if it's Baal, you follow him. And the people didn't answer him a word. Come on, church. I need you to catch this for a second. How long will you falter? You know what he was saying? How long will you stand on the fence? How long will you serve their God and their God? How long will you be lukewarm? How long will you hide your faith in the true and living God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? That's what, Isaiah, that's what Elijah was saying. How long will you continue to live like this? He says, well, guess what? Final authority has said enough of that lifestyle. Either you serve God, who is Baal, your God, or you serve the true and living God. And then he goes on. And in verse 37, he prepares his altar. And look what he says. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. So that these people may know that you are the Lord God. And that you have turned their hearts back to you again. And it says in verse 38 that right then and there what happened? The fire of the Lord fell. It consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And this is what they said. He is God. The Lord, he is God. My God. 
there is a comeback in you. You got to keep the streak going. But it will never be hanging on the fence. Never. LeBron James beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. He played there for nine years. He could have said, I don't want to really beat these guys. I want to just kind of end this tie because my heart is kind of here. I'm from here. My hometown is here. Or I could play for the site I'm part of now and destroy this team. He chose that one. Thank God. But come on. We were once part of the world. But we don't play for that world anymore. We're on his team now. We're not on the fence. The Lord, he is God. I'm making a comeback. Because there's more in me. There's full potential found in Christ. I'm no longer going to hang on the fence. How long will I falter between two opinions and between two gods? I'm done today. I will stand for the true and living God. And he only will I serve. Huh? Point number three, and I end. I'm going to ask some of the worship team to come up. Here it is. What's my third point in comeback? It's this. He wants you to be a representative of him. Hey, listen. You know why the children of Israel, you know why the children of Israel needed to come back? Come on, don't miss this. Because they were the nation that was called to represent the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Are you guys with me? Not too loud, just keep it low. But do you want to know why you're called to come back? Because you are called to be the people that represent the God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Represent him. Represent him. I could have broken this message into like 10 parts, but I didn't have time to do that. An ambassador is a representative. Listen up, church. You want to be a representative of him? It's an ambassador. That's an authorized messenger of what. You want to know what an ambassador is? A king gives him a message, and he gives the king's message to the people. Prophets are great ambassadors. They were ambassadors of God. God would speak to the prophet. The prophets would speak to kingdoms. You and I are the king's ambassadors. He gives us a word. We speak his word. What am I doing today to God's family? I'm being his ambassador. That's what I'm doing. I'm representing the mouth of God right now. That's it. Second Corinthians, therefore, church, we are ambassadors for Christ. God is making his appeal through you, through us. Wow. It's going to come. God is making his appeal through us. Yeah, through you, God says, I'm speaking through you. Ephesians 6, 19 and 20 says, and as for me, Paul says, the words were given to me to open my mouth boldly. Wow. To proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador of. Wow. It has been given to me to open my mouth and speak it boldly. For I am an ambassador of it. The danger of quitting, the danger of giving up is this. 
We saw it in the children of Israel in Elijah's day, apostasy. Watch this. You surrender yourself to what's popular in culture. Scary. What do I mean? You begin to blend in rather than to stick out. You become quiet in your faith. Anyone here? As one who is not of this world, but you become as one who is of it. Until this apostasy, apostasy happens and you turn away from God. Do you know that God has not called any of you for that? Instead, he's called you to represent him. To be an ambassador. The Lord has something to say, church. And he has something to say through you. How many of you could say amen? Through me? Through me? Yeah, through you, he has something to say. In the Old Testament, prophets spoke God's word and the judgments to the people. In the New Testament, after the resurrection, the apostles spoke it. But now the church speaks it. The church is speaking. And God is speaking through the church. So with that, church, I say there is more in you. Live out your full potential. Represent him. And keep the streak going. Keep the streak going. Can you stand with me? Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word that you've spoken to our hearts. I pray that we would act on it. I pray that we would live it. I pray, oh God, that we would, number one, know that there's more in us. You have more. Number two, oh God, not only that we would know that there's more, but Lord, those three points, that we would realize and understand that we are to learn, that we are to accept and to obey this final authority. Lord, in this, that then, that then and right there, I will be able to represent you as an ambassador of Jesus Christ and that I will keep the streak going. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, if you're in this place today and God has called you to keep the street going, the Lord has called you and saying, you, I'm talking to you. These points today have made perfect sense in your life. And you just need God to do a miracle right now. With every eye closed, no one's going to look. Can you raise your hand and say, Lord, that's me. Lord, I need that. There's hands all over. Anyone else? With every eye closed. Anyone else? Don't be embarrassed. I'm the first one. Trust me. I want to do something so special with you. There's so many. But can we, can we cry this out to God today together? If you did not raise your hand, help the ones that did, but I raised my hand. And you're saying, Lord, that's me today. I need a comeback. This is what I want you to do. 
with a loud voice together, I'm with you. Trust me, I'm not going to leave you hanging. But I'm going to open up the altar of God. And here it is, Lord, my heart is open. And right there where you're at with me, can you say these words? Can you say, Jesus, thank you for your word. Today I realize that there is a greater me. Help me to learn to accept and to obey your word so that I will live my life representing you. Lord, I want to live to my full potential. Give me the strength. Come on, church. Give me a comeback. Let me keep the streak going. Then I will never come on, be the same again. There's a comeback in me. In Jesus' name, fill my heart. Amen. Can you give God some praise? With every head raised. With every head raised. Come on, worship. Worship, 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 worship.
thank you. Lord, I pray that our hearts would do this. Cry out, Hosanna. Lord, in the highest. Lord, there is no name above yours. Lord, we thank you. We pray this prayer that we just prayed out loud. Lord, we know there's more. Cause us to walk and live to our full potential. That we would fully represent you to all men. We thank you for this awesome, awesome service. For this wonderful time in your holy, authoritative word. Let it become real. Let it become obvious in our lives. In Jesus' name. Right there where you're at, can you give God one more praise before you go? He's an awesome